Hello, everybody. How are you? Happy New Year, everybody. 2024, bring it on. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm all done with 2023. It was a rough year for me, but uh, I tell you, yes. thank God 2024 is here. So um, hopefully everybody had a great holiday and New Year's. Um, we're excited to have you guys join us for our first vodcast, first of the year. Um, first of all, I would like to um, do a shout out for Parapost um, and soon to be Global Ghost Hunt coming this year. So we're excited for that. Um, and I also want to bring on my first creation of my, my teeny for the year. So this is called the creamsicle martini. And basically what it is, is it's a half a cup of heavy cream, a half a cup of orange juice, and a half a cup of, um, you could either do marshmallow vodka or whipped cream vodka. Shake it all up and add an orange and we're good to go. So I'm gonna be sipping on this on during our podcast. But I would like to introduce to you an amazing guest. Um, so she is not only a paranormal researcher, she is a well-known author, and she's also a medium. I want to introduce you the very amazing Joni Mahan. Hi. Hello. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is exciting. Way to start the new year out, right? I know, it's so exciting because we've been going back and forth through Facebook for a while now. So. You know, I'm, I was very excited to meet you and have you on, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you reached out. Yeah, definitely. So tell us about yourself. Well, you kind of said it in your introduction. Um, I'm a paranormal investigator, author of 24 paranormal books. I'm a medium. I own and operate a ghost walk business in my town of New Harmony, Indiana, and we do investigations, public hunts as well. So, and... I'm a diehard animal lover, and you're probably going to see some of them show up on the back of my chair, and <laughs> you may hear me scream because I won't be expecting it. So um, I have six cats and a dog. <laughs> so wow. if one of them does not show up on this podcast, I'll be really surprised. Wow. That is amazing. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. And I, I just, you know, basically I had a hard time saying no. <laughs> you know, these, these cats just kept showing up, and I'm like... Oh, poor baby, you need a home, you know? Uh, so, yeah, so that's how I got to where I am, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I love the um the little video that you put on Facebook with George in the, was it a golf cart going yeah, around the neighborhood? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. New Harmony is a golf cart community. So uh, we all take our golf carts everywhere. And even during the winter, you know, you'll see golf carts driving by. Um, and George happens to, my black cat, George, happens to love riding on the golf cart. So and wow. it's been so bad that if anybody pauses in front of my house, he'll go jump on their cart. And a lot of people just know who he is. So sometimes he goes for rides with people I don't even know. And they'll take him around the block and bring him back. So it's it's a crazy life. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, my my cat would not stand still for that. None of my other ones will, it, you know, yeah. the minute it starts rolling, they're like, we're out of here. Uh, but George, yeah. oh, he loves it. You know, he's just always been that way. He's a different kind of cat. 
You know, the personalities of all of our animals, it's so amazing to see. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a pit bull slash chihuahua, and he literally last night sat like an old man with like on, on the couch with his arm up sitting, <laughs> just balls out all that, just with his sweater on, looking like an, like an angry father waiting for my aunt to get home. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But the personalities our animals have are just absolutely amazing, you know. Oh, I can't imagine a life without animals. I mean, they are mm -hmm. my family, you know. I yeah. spend most of my time with them. So, yeah, that's great, though. Now, if that would have been me, that would have been a video, and it would have been on Facebook 10 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I was going, I was going to snap a picture, but I just, it was so funny, and he broke character within seconds after seeing me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, man, I wish I had a hidden camera, but. It was funny to walk into. It definitely was. Yeah, that's funny. That's amazing. Well, a couple of people joined us. Nando, welcome, welcome. Jonathan, welcome. So I have to ask you, how did you, how did you actually come into being a paranormal researcher? Well, I mean, it started for me back when I was like six years old. I started sensing ghosts around me and didn't really understand what it was. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been, you know, something that's happened to me all my life. Um, if I'm, I mean, I was terrified of it, to be honest, for many years. And I was in my 40s before I finally said, you know what, knowledge is power. I'm going to learn as much as I can about this. I joined a paranormal uh, team and uh, started working with the medium and, you know, really started developing my abilities. And And that's when I had my first horrific experience. I ran into, I found out I'm a ghost magnet. So uh, ghosts tend to flock to me and I was pulling in some really negative ones and it didn't matter. You know, I'm a good person. I'm not negative. I don't practice negative practices. I'm always very positive and in that it reflected in my ghost hunts as well. And, uh, but I kept getting the really negative ones. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I met Shaman Michael Robichaud, uh, before I started getting some relief from the barrage, just a barrage. Like my first book is soul collector. And mm -hmm. I picked up, um, a very, very nasty ghost that was a soul collector. And it, actually in Massachusetts, Rutland uh, State Park, um, at the prison camps, and a lot of people in your area have been there many times. And uh, it, it has some negative uh, areas to it. Um, there was an old tuberculosis hospital, uh, the foundation of which, and uh, during that period of time, they were bringing in patients from all over the state, regardless of what they had done. So you had mass murderers in there, you know, next to rapists, next to, you know, people that had shoplifted at the store. You know, it didn't matter what they did. Um, uh -huh. So we picked, you know, that's where we would spend a lot of time investigating. And that's where I ended up picking up the soul collector. And that was a really horrible ordeal because what I learned is that I didn't have a good backup plan. Um, what happens if something follows you home? And I think every paranormal investigator has to ask themselves that question before they get out and go to their first location. What am I going to do if, if, you know, really crazy, horrible stuff starts happening? Um, yeah. And I didn't have a plan. So I do now. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, so that's kind of where I started out. And that's when I started really researching and really learning. And uh, I wrote my book, Soul Collector, about that experience. Mm -hmm. And it was my first paranormal book. I was really afraid. At that point, nobody knew 
that I had abilities, that I was a medium. And I was really afraid, like, what's going to happen with my, you know, high school friends, you know, from back in the day or my aunts and uncles or grandparents or, you know, whoever sees this book, they're going to go, yeah, she's blue goose crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So it took a lot of it took a lot of um, just courage, really, to, to put that book out there. And what I ended up getting back from it was completely different. I got so many people reaching out to me saying, you know, I had the same thing happen to me. And, you know, what do you suggest I do? And so it's back to researching, back to working with people. And, you know, here I am 24 books later. Um, you know, I feel like I'm pretty well versed in it. So and I have I have a backup plan. That's awesome. Um, and you 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 um, wrote another book, actually, that was called The Ghost Magnet. Yeah, I did. I wrote that kind of about all my experiences about my journey, because Mm -hmm. what I learned was there are a lot of people that are in the same position as me or have been in the same position. And, you know, at that point in time, there really wasn't much out there. What do you do? You know, where do you go? What do you look for? So I kind of detailed everything that I went through during that period and had a lot of friends helping me um and some horrific experiences along the way some of them are funny you know some of the hauntings were actually kind of amusing um but you know it brought me to you know the place where i ended up moving to to indiana and um Mm -hmm. kind of started off my new life here and things have been a lot better good i'm glad I am too. I am too. It's not a way to live. And it's hard for me to explain that to people that haven't experienced it firsthand. But um, when you're not a medium, you rely on uh, strange things happening in the house, doors Mm -hmm. shut, your footsteps, maybe hear voices, um, things start moving, typical signs of a haunting. But when you're a medium, they don't even have to do that. Uh, All they have to do is get close to you and let you know they're there. And they Mm -hmm. start giving you these really strong feelings of dread and fear and things that you know you're not supposed to feel because you don't want to feed them with those emotions. Um, But they won't let you sleep. They wake you up. They cause pain. Uh, They start impacting your pets. You know, animals start acting weird or getting sick. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and you get the other things too, to a certain degree, bad luck and things get broken and uh, things of that nature. So, you know, imagine going through one right after the other, right after the other. I mean, really, if it wasn't for Michael Robichaud, I'd be in a rubber room right now because there's no way I could remain sane with some of the things that I've experienced. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, that is absolutely, uh, absolutely horrific to go through. All the things that you mentioned, I have went, I have went through myself, like the okay. certain examples that you've had and I tell you, I know that type of horrific feeling because you feel like you're alone because mm-hmm. you don't want to tell people almost, you know, because they, you right. feel like they're going to call you crazy almost, you know, so right. like you right. find a person that right. you can confide in. I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's been, I mean, I think everybody should, you know, if you investigate and you're sensitive, especially, they're going to be really interested in you. Mm-hmm. And I think we glow, like we, we're different from regular people, like they are really fixated on us. And uh, I don't know, every investigation I've ever gone to, uh, if we break into groups, the group with the strongest psychic medium is going to have the most activity because they're going to follow that person. They're like, why would I bother with all you other peons? You know, I'm going to follow yeah the person that has the most abilities. And, you know, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's not, but for whatever reason, they 
isolate me as a weak link. Like I, I can go home with her, you know, she doesn't have any protection. And so that's when I started really learning about protection and really trying mm -hmm. to uh, figure out what would work for me and what works for me may not work for you or for other people and vice versa. Um, I, I had so many people tell me, we well, just tell them to go away and leave you alone. And I'm like, you know, big eye roll. It's like, do you not think that was the first thing I didn't do? <laughs> you know? So, you know, yeah. it's easy for somebody with abilities to say, go home and leave me alone because they have like, you know, um, a lot of horsepower behind it. And, you know, me, I'm running on AAA batteries. <laughs> so, you well, know, when I say just go away, they're, they're not, you know, they're like, huh, yeah, okay. Well, here's the thing. I think all of the protection that we do as investigators or researchers, I believe that a lot of it has to do with the intent that we put behind our protection ceremony, mm -hmm. or we want to call it tradition, whatever you want to call it, because there's been places where I've done the same protection thing that I always do that always protects me. But if I don't have that oomph or whatever behind it, that intent behind it, I've walked into places just saying it half ass, excuse my language, and I've gotten things following me home anyway. And it's yeah. because of not having that intent behind what I truly want. And I think that that is, plays a big, big part in what we do, because if you break this whole field down, it's into energy, vibration, and frequency. And a lot of it is, is based off of our own human frequency. And if they're attracted to that frequency and being a sensitive, we're like a lighthouse in the middle of darkness. Mm -hmm. So it's like you walk in, of course, they're going to follow you guys instead of all the other peons because you're that light in that dark room, you know? So, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I, I find it absolutely fascinating because it's like, it makes you wonder what is it? that points one person out what is it is it that ability is it that they're shining bright in a dark room are they that lighthouse that they can see hmm. what really is it that attracts them you know and, and I that's know why I that's why we can we do what we do we try to yes. learn the answers to those exactly. questions exactly. yeah yeah and i think it also depends on the level of the ghosts that you're going up you know against like yeah uh, what I do with, you know, a, a lower level entity is not going to work with a higher powered entity, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just, it just depends on, and it also depends on your state of mind at the time. Like I do talk about that a lot during Soul Collector because I had been at the Redland prison camps for all month, all summer investigating and never picked him up. But I went out when I was in a really bad state of mind. I had just gotten dumped, ceremoniously dumped. And I went out and I was not in a good place. And, and you know, my vibration was low and he was able to clump right onto me at that point. So, yeah. you know, I talked to people a lot about keeping your vibration high, you know, keeping yourself positive because a higher vibration is going to make you almost invisible to your lower vibrational entities um so i mean uh, there's a lot to it and that's why we do it we want to learn more we want to figure it out yeah. yeah that's amazing do you at any point like do you, so before you go into a place do you basically do research beforehand or do you just go in cold and see what you could pick up or it depends on what i'm doing if i if i'm walking and somebody wants me to do a walkthrough for their house I go in cold because I, I want to be able to have a blank slate. Like if they tell mm -hmm. me, oh, yeah, we always see an older woman in the corner. You know, that's all I'm going to be able to think about. You know, I'd rather mm -hmm. go in and just see what I pick up on my own. And sometimes I'll draw what I see or I'll always write it down. So I think I have something to do with 
uh, automatic writing comes to me. Um, the more I write, the more information I get. I'm also, um, I'm clairaudient. So that's mm -hmm. my gateway in. Um, I don't hear voices though, I hear ear ringing. And okay. it's different tones. Sometimes it's like static and that's more like lower vibrational. And uh, I can kind of tell male or female based on the way the sound is, but I, I've got one with me right now and it's, I, I can hear it in this ear, it's over this way. Um, so sometimes about invest investigations, I'll be doing this, trying to pinpoint where the ghost is. And uh, if I tune into that, if I open myself up, like it's my doorway into mediumship, uh, then I'll be able to pull more information and um, determine more about what it is that's there. And, um, you know, some, some, some cases I'm really good and others I'm okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to bill myself as like people, I don't give readings um, and I never will because I know some people that give readings and they get bombarded <laughs> all the time. So oh, I don't even want to get to that point where I do readings. But um, I, and I can't tell if something's with you. If we're meeting out in public, people will say, oh, can you tell there's something with me? It's like, I, sometimes I can tell if there's something there, but I can't tell whether it's with them or not. So I'm not a, like a really good medium. Uh, I'm just good enough to get myself in trouble, really. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's good. Yeah, that is. But good. when I go to like, if I'm doing a public hunt, um, if I'm going somewhere where I'm paying money to ghost hunt, I usually do like to know because I feel like um, I don't have enough time. Like, if I had a couple weeks to spend there, I could probably figure everything out. But you know, if I can get the you know, the short notes on, you know, where the, the activity is the strongest and what people have felt here and there, uh, then I don't have to, like, I'm not there to prove anything to anybody, you know, I, I'll yeah. take the notes that are already provided for me and see if I can add to them, you know. See, that's the biggest thing right there, what you just said, is that you will look at the notes and you will add to them. That's what we should be doing in this field. We should be putting our, our work together and it would take us so much time on where we are because there's people that are in this part of it and then there's people that are in this part of it you know what i mean that are like mm -hmm. way farther beyond the others if we had some significant evidence or something that we could pile in together it would save so much time for people in the middle to get to where we need to be where everyone should be at in this yeah. field and i think that if we piled it all together and started working together instead of bickering between each other like this field is about we would get so much more done, you know? Oh, absolutely. 100% agree with you. Um, you know, I feel like there should be some kind of database. And I feel like there's been a couple people that have tried to do something like that. But paranormal investigators are a different breed. Um, yeah. There's so much ego involved in a lot of cases. I'm not saying everybody. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, can go into it and not have to know everything, you know, or be the best mm -hmm. or, you know. Uh, where they're matching black t-shirts um you know some people are going to be able to go in and um you know add to it or say oh wow yeah i experienced exactly what you did you know and that's really interesting that's how we learn and i don't think mm -hmm. that we're going to ever really truly unravel this mystery that is the paranormal until we do start coming together and working together and trying to figure it out as one yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, I I com I completely agree with both of you. Definitely. 
definitely. Um, what else? Um, so I, I know you mentioned to me that you like spirits are basically around you all the time, good and bad. Um, how do you, how do you not protect yourself, but how do you have them not constantly trying to interrupt you or interact with you? I, when I'm home, um, I feel like this is my sanctuary and I mm -hmm. don't want anything in here and it still manages to get its way in, even though it's protected. Um, I just ignore them. I don't okay. give them inter any energy. And I find that that's kind of important. Like when I do a, a walkthrough at someone's house and they'll show me, you know, 45 pictures of orbs, you know, um, you're, you're giving it attention when you do stuff like that. And that attention encourages it to be stronger and do more. And in this case, you know, if it's in my home, I'm not necessarily trying to document, you know, I do that when I'm out of my house, when I'm in my yeah. house, I don't want to deal with it. Uh, maybe in the beginning when I was intrigued by the whole thing, I might've, but, uh, I'm to the point now where I just want to be left alone when I'm mm -hmm. home. And, uh, so I will ignore it. Um, you know, I have been known to push my energy out. I call in my spirit guides, um, and ask them to help me. And that helps a lot. Um, you know, I've done the whole Sage or Palo Santos and all mm -hmm. that good stuff. And I think it helps, um, maybe with the energy level of the house, it does help mm -hmm. a little bit, but, um, you know, really I rely on spirit guides and my own energy, you know, I can push them away from me so they can't touch me and yeah. I can still hear them, but I, they're not going to get to me. So. I try to look at, I try to look at like Sage and Palo Santo wood as taking away the surrounding energy, but not taking away the, conscious energy of the soul as that way because there's been so many times where like sage for example to neutralize positive and negative energy and then using palo santo wood to bring in positive energy because palo santo was used for that but the thing is is that like people think that oh i'm just gonna go in sage my house and i'll be all right and in mm -hmm. reality it's like no yeah. doesn't work that way yeah, it doesn't mm -hmm. work that way. No, it no. doesn't work that way. So, no. Yeah, I mean, if we had that. a magic wand, we'd be using it constantly, you know, and right? Sage is not a magic wand. Sometimes yeah. it takes years of experience and um, just trying different things to see what works for you, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the thing is, like, if you go into a particular area and you put, like, you know, everybody says, well, you need to really protect yourself before going into you know a haunted area like like pretend like imagine like a glow bubble around you mm -hmm. or you know wear the cross and you know say the prayer etc but i feel that and i don't know if this is true or not but if you protect yourself too much will they not communicate with you or they still will no they still will um the right yeah. type of entities. <laughs> yeah, you're just not going to get the negative ones coming at you, um, which sometimes those are the ones that are really communicative. Um, so, yeah, I've gone in like protected to the hilt um, mm -hmm. and it had nothing happen. And the reason is because everything there was negative and it could get to me. So, um, but, you know, I take that as a win because I didn't come home with a ghost, you know. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So out of all the places that you've been to, what what really is the most incredible experience that you've had? 
Well, probably my years at the, at the SK Pierce Victorian Mansion. Yeah. Um, I spent, you know, and I know that's kind of how we came together. You read that book and um, mm -hmm. you did your project on the cover. And um, I started off, I lived in Barrie, which is uh, one town, two towns over from Gardner. Yeah. And Gardner was the big town that we went grocery shopping in and whatnot. So I was in that town a lot. And I remember somebody gave me a shortcut how to get to Staples. And that shortcut took me right past the SK Pierce mansion. And I was an avid ghost show watcher. It had been on ghost hunters and I knew that house. I'm like, Oh my God, that's the house. And uh, I just kind of stalked it. Um, I found out um, that, uh, Edwin and Victoria, uh, Ed, Edwin and Lillian bought it. Mm -hmm. And um, I just kind of, I didn't go away until they just made me friends. <laughs> you know, um, they had, we were there for their first and open paranormal investigation. And I just kept volunteering. And uh, pretty soon I, you know, I was there every weekend. I had a key to the door. Uh, I was helping out with, um, you know, Marion Luoma is the caretaker. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's a good friend of mine. You know, every time I come back to Massachusetts, I always make sure I go see her. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I was there just constantly. And we that's kind of where I, I feel like I cut my teeth on that house. Like I really learned a lot. We used it as a research facility. Every time we went in, we had a recorder and uh, we cut we got so much like just running a recorder and just doing normal stuff. We were preparing for an event one time and we had to move the dining room table into another room. And as we were carrying it, I had my recorder sitting in there on the blue piano. And as we're walking through the doorway, uh, I, later I got an EVP. A woman said, be careful. <laughs> you know, like they were worried we were going to bump this table. And, uh, you know, it was just stuff like that constantly. We were getting so much, um, so much activity. I saw, um, I saw a couple of apparitions there. Um, one, one was, um, we went over uh, after Edwin and Lillian had left and we decided we were going to uh, stand on the front porch dressed up and hand out candy on Halloween to the kids. And of course, there were a lot of kids knew what house that was. They wouldn't even come up the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. They were like crossing the street, you know. <laughs> um, but I walked in at one point because it was cold and I wanted to warm up and I stood there and I could look through the kitchen into the dining room and there was a white apparition just kind of, you know, going back and forth. And I went back outside and I'm like, come here, come see this. And yeah. everybody came in and, and it was still there, still doing that. And then, and then we watched it go zoop. It just walked into the other room. Uh, but the, probably the most um, craziest thing I ever saw was um, we would sit around the kitchen table and we, it was like time stood still. Time didn't mean anything at that kitchen table. It was, Ed, I think it was, I think Edwin was there. I don't know if Lillian was there or not, but it was a group of their friends and uh, we were all sitting there talking and I was uh, facing the foyer in, on the, in one of the chairs. And all of a sudden I looked up and a hand appeared um, on the door frame, like it was holding onto the door frame, but it disappeared oh. at the wrist. And it was like gray and white. It was an old man's hands with like knobby knuckles and, you know, cracked nails. Like I saw every detail and I gasped and that, and then everybody turned around and looked and it disappeared. So I, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, you know, and I've had a lot of experiences there as well on top of that, but those two things, as far as seeing something, um, I, I really have never experienced anything that profound anywhere else.
Yeah, wow. yeah, and like you, and like we were talking earlier, and the house sort of, I mean, I do agree with you, the mansion kind of pulls you in, because I, yeah. I tell you, and I was talking to, C, uh, to AJ about this, because I had it at, I did an investigation for the Global Ghost Hunt, um, the first one that we did, and before then, I took a tour of the of the mansion, and every single night after that, I constantly had dreams about it, like going through the mansion. And it just, like 24 seven, I was thinking of that mansion. It was incredible. And then um, we did the investigation and it continued on like afterwards for a very long time. Um, and then I just recently within the year went back there, um, there was an event going on and um, we actually connected with SK Pierce himself. But yeah, it's very like, it's still like in the back of my mind. It's like, it's it's in a way trying to call me. It, it's so, it's so weird. Yeah. yeah, it's um it's a high, there's a lot of high level ghosts that reside there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like they pull people in for a purpose. And sometimes the purpose is simply because they like the way your energy tastes. Mm -hmm. You know, they pull people in and they're they're able to pull energy off of them. Um, uh, for me, I feel like I feel like that was part of the reason. But I think they wanted me in there because they wanted me to write the book. Like I was mm -hmm. getting frustrated. There were so many um, stories about the house that weren't true. They were spreading around. And it's like, you know, um, you know, Edward Pierce did not lose the house in a card game. You know, that mm -hmm. did not happen. There was no prostitute murdered on the second floor. And, and it was just so many things. And, you know, and I'm really good with research and I'm dedicated. Like, man, you know, I, I love the research. Like I dig into it. And, um, you know, I interviewed a lot of people and a lot of people that investigated there and spent a lot of time at the library and talking to a lot of people. And, talking to psychic mediums. What do you feel? What do you feel? You know, because I think sometimes a place uh, becomes defined by who's been there first or who's been there before. They'll say, oh, there's, you know, like, like I said earlier, there's a, you know, old woman in the corner and, and then the next people are going to pass that on. Oh, there's an old woman in the corner. And it's almost like we start creating that old woman in the corner by all of our stories and putting our energy behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to get past that and find out what we really had there. And, you know, sometimes you don't really know. I mean, I feel like I know, but, um, you know, I now listen to them talk and tell their stories and they're telling totally different stories than what we were telling when I was there. So, you know, different psychic mediums have come through and told them different things. And, um, you know, maybe it is evolving. Maybe they're collecting more ghosts uh, or maybe they're telling different stories or maybe they're lying. You know, the ghosts don't always have to be truthful. You know, they, they'll tell mm -hmm. you what you want to hear. Um, you know, we can't li list them as resources, you know. Yeah. So you what do you think, AJ? You said something that is very, very interesting. Um, it had to do, I, I'm, I can't remember because now, of course, I want to say it and I can't remember. Um, it was something you just said that had to do with uh, spirits and... The tuplas, uh, the way we create something by thinking about it. Is that yes, what you're thinking about? Yes, yeah. exactly. I saw you so, nodding your head when I said that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, I'm so happy that you remi remembered, reminded me. Yeah, so thought forms. Yeah, and it happens all the time. People have been creating thought forms for a long time. And, yes. you know, too close. Oh, you're the first person to finally say that word, thought forms. I've been saying it on my podcast for a, two years now. <laughs> that we can create. 
that we can actually create a, a, a conscious energy that will mm -hmm. form itself into what we are thinking, mm -hmm. a thought form. So like yep. you said, if that old lady in the corner, if we keep saying there's an old lady in the corner, this energy is going to create itself because our thoughts go somewhere. That energy mm -hmm. manifests somewhere. And I don't believe, I believe that, especially like when we're in deep thought and your mind's racing, you're completely not even here. And then all of a sudden that energy just doesn't stop. It goes somewhere. Yeah. You know, and it's not like, oh, it just stayed inside your mind. No, that energy was very profound and actually had to go somewhere. So think about it. Even with demonic creatures, right? 2,000 years of the biblical stuff telling you that there's hell, there's demons, there's all this stuff. So many people with that fear have now created more right. of these negative beings than I think mm -hmm. that we actually really had, to be honest. Mm -hmm. you know? well, I you think you're, yes, you're definitely right. I think. You know, we have more power uh, than we think we do. And yes. and you combine us in masses and, uh, you know, you go to the same place and everybody says the same thing. Oh, be careful. There's something really bad in the basement, you know, something really scary in the basement. And you go, you know, so you kind of gear up, you know, whether you're big and tough or not, you know, you yep. still, you know, brace yourself a little bit and, and you put your thought out there, something bad in the basement, something bad in the basement. And, you know, in the, whatever's in the basement goes, oh, everybody's afraid of me. You know, and, and it becomes, maybe it becomes something else, or maybe we create something altogether new. I mean, again, it goes yeah. back to, that's why we investigate. We want to learn this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I think that that's the reason why some of these high level negative spirits have such power that they have, because it's a multiple different thought forms all in one, in my opinion, just different, different uh, identity from different people's perspectives, in my opinion. But you're you're absolutely right. Like it's crazy how art that we can create things, you know, thought forms throughout just our thinking, you know, and mm -hmm. I mean energy that we're putting out. So I'm just so happy that you said that because literally I've been talking about it for two years. <laughs> Nobody understands what I'm talking about, and you just nailed it. So thank you so yeah. much. Absolutely. That's you're awesome. Really yeah. Welcome. Yeah. I have. Uh, you know, I've been invested in this, you know, even though I've really only been investigating, um, I don't know, over 15 years, I haven't counted, but I've been invested in this since I've been six years old and that first ghost showed up next to my bed. Um, you know, I've been re reading about it and learning about it, you know, experiencing it firsthand. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of, you know, it's become my life. This is how I make my living off of ghosts, you know, mm -hmm. between writing yeah. the books and doing my ghost walks. That's how I earn my keep. Um, I got to feed the cats, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but exactly, <laughs> but you know, I, I love learning more. And, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, when I was in Massachusetts, I was surrounded by a lot of paranormal investigators, a lot of people that spend a lot of time, uh, researching this. And when I came to, I'm in Southern Indiana, a town called New Harmony, Indiana, and it's population 800. It's a tiny town, historic town, very haunted town. But I am really one of the few people in the area that do what I do. Like I have been introducing people to the paranormal. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of experts around me or ex experts, you know, mm -hmm. or experienced people around me to be able to bounce things off of so i have been the, the the one they all come to you know so it's really nice talking to you guys and you know being able to share these theories uh because i don't get to do that very often yeah absolutely yeah. anytime anytime yeah. we welcome you back anytime um but you know what i was going to just say so they so it is said that there's actually a portal 
in the SK Pierce house by the stairway. Yeah, I do believe that. Um, I have learned over time what a portal feels like. Um, you know, it's like when you've never experienced anything for the first time, you know, you're taking people's word on it as well. Uh, but when I stand in a portal, I feel off balance. And I feel like I'm just drifting. I don't know, like I can't stand up straight. And and I've experienced it at a couple different locations. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I do believe there's a portal there. Yeah, okay. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think a lot of these big places that are having these ghost hunts and all this type of stuff where a lot of people are going to, there's a lot of activity. There's got to be a way for spirits mm -hmm. to get in and out. And I believe that there are so many portals in so many locations that some of us can feel and some of us can't feel. Like you said, I get the same feeling that like off balance, dizziness mm -hmm. from that area. So I completely get what you're saying. Absolutely. Now, is there a way to close portals on our end? Yes, there is. Some people can do it like a really strong shaman or a really strong psychic medium that okay. specializes in that can do that can close it but it can be i feel like portals can also be opened too easily uh mm -hmm. especially when that's an established portal um i feel like all you got to do is give it a little bit of intent or be, give it a lot of thought uh and you're going to open it back up again or you know too many people stand in that spot and go oh this is where it is you know oh, yeah i feel it you know um you're gonna you're gonna be opening it right back up again um one of my books is called hanover haunting and it follows a true story of a haunted house in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was on um, Dead Files. It was on Ghost Hunters, um, my ghost story. It's been on a lot of different shows. And um, she asked me to write the book while she was still going through the haunting. And I was actually on my way back from Massachusetts. Uh, I had a Paracon there. And I was coming back and I thought, oh, Hanover's about, you know, it's not almost halfway. I'll stop and spend the night there and see what I feel at this house. And I went in, like we were talking about earlier with paranormal protection. I had my spirit guides on high alert. I was surrounded by a bubble shield. I had on, you know, protection jewelry and I did all the things. Um, and I walked into that house and they were on me like glue. It was like instantly like, you know, when you feel something really, really bad, mm -hmm. it, it just, it, you, that fight or flight instinct comes in. And I walked into that house and I'm like, oh, holy hell. And I had to really, I, did, I couldn't stay inside very long. I had to keep going back outside. And uh, that's when I said, you know, not only am I going to write your book for you, but I'm going to get you out of this situation. And um, it was a long, arduous pro process, but um, we did finally get the house better uh but i was back after they had moved out and walked through it and uh, the portal that had been closed was now back open again and i'm like you know the really bad ghosts that were there the strong ones had been removed so who knows what was coming in wasn't as strong as what was there but you know it's still an open portal is an open portal it's like you know leaving your front door wide open you don't know what's going to come in now, as a medium, I wanted to ask you this, and I don't know if this is true. This is just something that people have said that I've listened to them saying before. Um, now, a portal. Is there two portals, one to enter, one to leave in, or is one portal for everything? 
I think it's one for everything. I feel like it's one for everything. Okay. Um, I almost see so it. many different things. So that's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of like a column, like, because uh, at the Victorian and, and the same thing at the Hanover house, um, they, you would feel it in the basement and then right mm -hmm. above it, you would feel it at the stair at the next to the staircase. Mm -hmm. And then you would also feel it on the third floor. It, maybe it doesn't quite line up with the Victorian as well, but at the Hanover haunting house, exactly. They've, they even have, she even had a picture of the portal. Um, I couldn't use it because it was somebody else's picture and she was threatening lawsuits if I used her picture, but uh, I have seen the picture, you know, um, and I could feel the energy, you know, I got in that portal and it was like, oh, wow, you know, it was like, I couldn't even hardly breathe when I was in it, it was a really strong one. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was closed and I walked through it and it felt fine. And then years later I was back and uh, walked through it and it was back open again. So yeah, I don't think it takes much to open them. Oh, definitely, definitely. No, yeah. Thank oh. you for the knowledge. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's just my opinion, you know. Um, you know, that's what I've experienced. So. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, I try to take everybody's experiences, and you know, take a little bit out of everybody's experiences and put them together and see what points match and which ones don't. Because there's yeah. so much that you have said that thousands of others that I have talked to or have had on the show that have said the exact same thing as you. So I love to listen to accounts, you know, put them, you know, basically remember them, put them into a storage. Like after I get off of here, all there's things I'll write down, keep yeah. it in a notebook and, you know, put it to one side. And it's so crazy to see like what lines up through certain guests. So even though it's your opinion, I think you're on something way more than just having an opinion. I think you're close to the truth, to be honest. Good, good. Um, something else I want to talk about, and I'd love to get your opinion on, is uh, the different paranormal equipment that we use. Mm -hmm. um, so I will not use a Ouija board. I just have strong feelings about it. And yes. um, my shaman doesn't like it either. So if my shaman doesn't like it, I don't like it. But mm -hmm. we use the spirit box a lot. And I always, um, I do little experiments, even if I'm doing a public event. I'll th say things like, you know, how many fingers am I holding up? What color is my shirt? Uh, I just want to see if they can see me or if they're if they're in the room with me or what town are we in or, you know, what color is my car? I want to know that they are present because I have am starting to suspect that a spirit box is nothing more than a ghost telephone, that we're picking up people from anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be from the location. Yeah. What do you think? And you AJ? know why that is? You know why that is? is that, and I believe this is an opinion, but through scientific research that I've done, it's because they're on a frequency. And I believe that the frequency, when we open up through a spirit box, I believe we're connecting to certain frequencies and then they start coming through because sometimes during a spirit box session, as you'll notice, it'll sound like they're talking to themselves or amongst themselves yes. or it's uh -huh. just a thought that they just thought of out of nowhere. And it's like, to me, what I try to say to the spirits when I'm out and I'm using, I, I, only do spirit communication now and um i stopped all my residential cases and stopped doing regular investigations because i'm so fascinated by spirit communication and i'm finding out that like these spirits like will like you'll turn it on and the longer you have it on it seems like the stronger they get and it's really weird to see 
you know, those two like work together like that. But you're right. I've been in a, I, I could turn it on right outside my door here and I'll get answers. It's absolutely wild. It, it doesn't make any sense to me, but you're right. I think we're, I think we're tapping into a, a certain frequency and I believe mm -hmm. that they're using that frequency and we're connecting into an all source of consciousness somehow. I, I absolutely I tend agree. agree too. Yeah. You know, it's weird to think about, but I mean, I feel like we are connecting to that source of consciousness, whatever it may be, and we're picking up multiple different things. And then we do obviously pick up, you know, the things that we want to hear in the location or whatever. But you're right. There are so many other voices that do come through that you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> you yeah. know? So. Right. You know, like we just did a public investigation um, in October at a location here in New Harmony. And it's this huge, big building that's been around since um, late 1800s. And uh, it's been so many different things. And there's, I feel living quarters on the second floor and the bottom floor has probably always been like some kind of shop. But yeah. the first time I went in there with a spirit box, I was getting this like suave male voice. And he said his name was Don. And he would come through the same voice and he was kind of smart alecky and I don't know, just, you know, a certain demeanor. Uh, but then the next time we go, he's not there. We're not hearing him at all. Uh, but we're yeah. hearing, you know, another voice. Um, so it's almost like you could go back each time and not maybe not get the same ones. It depends on whether they're, you know, um, on the phone or not, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I've had an instance where I was outside my door. I do a lot of my communication in my house. Um, private communication I, over the years I've learned how to protect myself where nothing stays with me which is nice and if it does they're normally nice they're not negative or anything like that um, I don't give the light of day to anything negative but um, inside, I'm outside my house and I'm doing a, a spirit box session and I got the, the spirit told me that they were a group it was called a group consciousness and that there was one person speaking for the group of souls that were together in this group of consciousness. Wow. And it was so fascinating to be able to, his name was Pete who came through and he said, I am the one who is going to speak for the group consciousness, which I found absolutely fascinating. And I got to sit there for like three minutes asking questions about this group consciousness. And one of the things they said was, that souls will group consciousness when your soul gets to a certain level. And what they'll do is up in heaven or wherever we want to call it is they'll actually put all of their energy together and then they'll send it to earth. And that energy will be used for certain miracles on earth. And I found that very, very interesting because it's like, if you think about it, like souls working together, sharing their energy to bring healing, to bring love, to bring all this stuff to earth. It reminds you just everything that you've learned religiously, you know what I mean? Where angels come down and do this certain stuff. And what if these souls are acting as if they are angels after they have passed and becoming the group consciousness when their soul has evolved to a certain point? So it's it was amazing. It was an amazing uh, conversation that I got to have. And it was uh, something to make me really think even deeper and give me more questions than answers, of course. But, you know... <laughs> So, but it was very fascinating to listen to. That is interesting. I know I always try to learn something when I do a, an EVP session or a spirit box session. Me um, too. You know, I try to like, I always, uh, one of my favorite questions is what does heaven look like? And yes. I have yet to have that answered. And I feel like um, yes. the ones I'm talking to haven't been there. They don't know what it looks like. 
Oh, well, yeah. See, I've gotten a lot of answers of it. And I got Have you? beautiful. I've gotten it's beautiful. I've gotten it's awesome. I've gotten it's something like it's unbelievable. I mean, I've gotten a lot of things. One word answers, nothing like very descriptive, but just one word answers of like, it's absolutely amazing. And I had a near death experience where I actually went to what I believe it to be heaven. And if it is what I experienced, it the feeling of love is absolutely amazing. The place is absolutely unbelievably gorgeous. You don't want to leave when you get there. So I understand people who are like, well, I don't want to come back when I die, you know, or that they get angry mm -hmm. when they come back because, you know, the feeling is just so welcoming. It's the un an unconditional love that you can't even imagine. So it's, it's you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's wild to think about. But there, like you said, those there might be spirits that maybe they didn't spend time there. Maybe they didn't want to go there. Maybe they decided I don't want to go back into this reincarnation cycle as some spirits mm -hmm. that have came through and called it. And maybe they just want to stick down here, but who knows, you know, that's why we do our work, right? Try to find out. Right. Right. Yeah. And we, we, we gain theories. I mean, my theory on how a ghost happens is um, I follow James Von Prague. I follow a lot love of his him. teachings. I love him. Uh -huh. He's so, him. he's so positive. And, uh, but yeah. What I feel is that at the time of death, uh, most people cross right over. They go right to, we'll call it heaven because that's what, you know, the kingdom or the afterlife or whatever you want to call it, but heaven. Yeah. And um, and they have a meeting with their spiritual, you know, guides and uh, do a life review. And, and they can spend as much time there reuniting with passed on loved ones and pets. And um, yeah. when their time is ready, uh, they can choose to... Uh, reincarnate and to learn something new that our earth is the uh, school that they come to learn at. And, uh, you know, we set ourselves up for these things, you know, which is so hard to comprehend, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to see what poverty feels like, you know, and well, let's see what it feels like to always get my butt kicked. You know, it's like, what was I thinking? You know, but um, some people at the time of death, they balk and uh, they don't, cross over and they stay earthbound and i believe that's what a ghost is yeah. and uh, i think that our loved ones can come back after they've crossed over into heaven and had you know all their spiritual enlightenment and i think they can come back and help us um you know and and be there for us you know as as guides or you know uh, I wrote a book called Signs of Spirits that I documented a lot of cases that a lot of people had. Like I, I interviewed so many people about, you know, experiences they'd had with loved ones coming back and the way that they show their signs is usually lighter. Uh, it's usually not anything scary. Like, you know, yeah. grandma's not going to try to, you know, scratch on the windows at midnight, you know, yeah. uh, but you might find, um, you might find a feather on your pillow or, you know, uh, I keep waiting. One of my, I, I lost a sister a few years ago and Sorry. she was very much into butterflies. And so I keep waiting for butterflies to show up. But I, I also acknowledge the fact that maybe I'm not ready or maybe she's not ready um, to mm -hmm. come back. But when she does, I'll be seeing butterflies and I'm waiting for that. Um, but, you know, a lot of the ghosts that, you know, we, we communicate with, um, I feel like some of them need help. And I think that's why I might be a ghost magnet is because I'm pretty good with them. Like yeah. I understand that a negative entity in the basement, maybe their most anger stems from hurt. 
Yeah. Um, somebody has really, you know, done a number on this person when he was alive and, and he's hiding in the basement and he's mad and he doesn't want to be bothered. And, you know, if you break that down and you say, you know, what happened to you? Well, do you want to talk to me? You know, I'm sorry that somebody hurt you, but, you know, I'm here for you if you need me. And, um, exactly. you know, that's probably why a lot of them follow me home. They're like, oh, cool. You know. But, um, you know, and I think that, um, you know, you spend some time talking to them. I feel like I've talked a few ghosts down from a negative haunting just by talking to them and saying, look, you're really scaring the homeowners. And, um, you know, they know you're here and there might be a better way to communicate with them than besides, you know, showing up in their doorway in the middle of the night, you know, exactly. uh, and, and a lot of it, it helps. I agree. I 110% agree, you know, mm -hmm. and it makes me so mad when I see people go into a location, especially on YouTube and they're like, Oh yeah. You know, Oh yeah. You want to fight? I'm right here. And then <laughs> yeah. start provocatively calling them out. It's like, really dude, they're already in a situation that they're negative. They're probably depressed thinking mm -hmm. constantly of the negative situation they're stuck in as a spirit. And you're going to come over there and like, belligerently do that to them and that's just so so wrong you know what i mean and so i totally agree with you're saying there's been so many times where like when i went to montana state prison um you know i was literally and you know getting in touch with these spirits and i'm like listen i'm just like you i've gotten in trouble i've been behind bars before because of stupidity when i was younger i know what you're feeling and i'm here for you and it's funny because they connected with me they treated me with respect they wanted to talk and then my buddy who was in the army, all they kept calling him was, oh, he's a cop. He's a cop. He's a cop. Don't talk to him. So it was so funny to see the difference between, you know, the respect and all that kind of stuff. So I believe that 100 percent, you know, you have to go on respect and you have to truly respect these these beings. And they are human beings, you know. Yeah. You just can't see them. But they're 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 definitely a human soul without a body. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, as researchers and investigators, we we owe it to the location to not stir that stir that up worse, um, yeah. make it worse. Like, you know, back to the S.K. Pierce Victorian mansion, uh, Edwin and Lillian uh, really did, didn't know a lot about all this in the beginning. And they would uh, they would try to get out of the way, like, oh, we'll be in our living room. You guys have fun. And a lot of the people that were coming in were, you know, provoking like crazy and doing, you know, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff and making things so much worse. And then they would leave. They'd yeah. have their good EVPs. They'd provoke something into talking and then they'd leave. And then the activity in that house would be enormous for the next mm -hmm. month, you know, because they've made it mad and the ghosts were mad at them for letting these people in. And, you know, I think that's eventually how they got chased out of the house. The ghosts were just done with all that. Yeah. Um, but it's, them, it, you know, it's like, do you blame them? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd be right there too. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you come into my house where I live, even if you can't see me and you start calling me names and you start pushing and pointing fingers mm -hmm. at me and blaming me for things. And, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to get angry Absolutely. and I'm going to get, you know, and, and you imagine that with somebody that already has anger issues that maybe have been there for a hundred years stewing mm -hmm. on anger issues you know and you're gonna you're gonna get what you asked for plus some you know yeah, exactly 100 percent. yeah exactly you know what's um i actually came across one of my favorite shows that i like watching is the haunting and i actually came across um it was called provoking evil 
that you were on. I was on um, with, yeah. your, with your friend Richard. Um, yeah, Sam Baltrusis. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how was that experience like coming um, face to face? That was really. With that was really. Um, the the way they handled the story was different than how it happened in real life, of course. Um, because uh, I was here in Indiana when that happened. And I did notice Sam was posting some really weird stuff on Facebook, like mm -hmm. asking for human skeletons. And uh, I just reached out to him. I'm like, hey, buddy, are you okay? <laughs> you know, you don't sound normal. And that's when he kind of opened up to me about what was happening to him. And, um, you know, we just talked and, you know, I said, you know, I think that you have something going on and I think it's stronger than you and you and I can handle. So I pulled Michael Robichaud in on it and Michael lives in Virginia. So Michael mm -hmm. never showed up at like, there's a, they show a reenactment of me banging on Sam's door. Sam, open the door. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've never been to Sam's house. I don't know where he lives. Mm -hmm. I was in Indiana when that happened. Uh, and I would never do that. And, and also damn them for, you know, portraying me with somebody that was like 10 years older and 50 pounds heavier. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, usually the reenactments, they give you somebody younger and thinner, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I got, I really, but anyways, um, you got the crap end of the stick. I get it. <laughs> I did. I did. I was really angry when I saw it come out. I'm like, what? Um, but, um, you know, it was neat because, um, my grown kids live in Massachusetts and Maine. So yeah. they flew me back, you know, to film that. And we filmed it in Salem. Um, uh, they had an Airbnb mm -hmm. there. Um, so that was that was a neat experience. Um, and I'm glad Sam, you know, found what he needed. And, you know, we've been there for each other over the years with different, you know, this is not the first. We used to do a podcast together. I was his co-host oh. uh, called Paranormal Rewind. And I was his co-host for a year. And I just couldn't handle it because every week we'd bring on a new guest and their ghost would find me. So that's another thing to talk about is that ghost, you don't have to go to a location to pick up a ghost. Um, mm -hmm. no. I was getting them through the communication with the guests on, on the radio show. Um, they were coming to me. It was like every week, it was like, you know, ghost to the week club. Um, have you guys <laughs> ever had that happen? Oh, no. I mean, I've, yeah, I've had something similar happen. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that was yeah, that yeah, that's 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 pretty wild. Ghost of the week, though. I like how you put it. I like how you put it. Now tell me if you don't mind me asking. Now how come um if you don't mind me asking how come you guys stopped doing the uh, podcast? Um, I I ended up uh, quitting because I was getting so many ghosts coming through, and it was also um it was. It was such a time constraint. Like at the time I was trying to write a book and I was doing my ghost mm -hmm. walks and, um, you know, every Tuesday night and I had, you know, you have to research it beforehand. I was reading books and watching TV yeah. shows and um, I, I just decided I, you know, that I, I, I forgot the show a couple of times. Like I had people in from out of town and Sam's calling me at seven o'clock. Where the hell are you? And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and I felt awful, you know, Um so it just become too much for me to, yeah. you know, to maneuver. Yeah. No, definitely. But, I understand. 
I like doing podcasts. Don't get me wrong. I, I like, you know, maybe I like being a guest better. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? You're absolutely right. Cause there's so much that goes into having a podcast afterwards. I mean, for me, at least, I mean, my podcast, I do all the marketing. I do all the scheduling right mm-hmm. at the moment. I do all the, you know, thumbnail work. I do all the marketing. Like I said, I, I have to, you know, run all of the social medias. So I, and then make shorts of each of it, of each episode. So trust me, I, I totally understand what you mean mm-hmm. by it. it does take a lot out of you. It does. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work you don't see, you yeah. know, in the, in the one hour show. Yeah. Um, I was on another show. This one was out last year. I think it was out in April. Um, it was called uh, Dead Hot with Vanessa Hudgens. It was um, on Tubi. And okay. um, <laughs> it's an interesting show. Um, it ta- it's their take on becoming spiritual and becoming getting to into witchcraft. And uh, wow. they flew me in uh, to Massachusetts and uh, put me at the Victorian mansion because that was one of the locations they were going to go to. Mm-hmm. And at the time when they first contacted me, I was going to be um, the person that taught them or guided them. And then something changed uh, along the way. And then I became the uh, location expert and I was there with Mary and Luoma. So the two of us, mm-hmm. um, we had our two to a three minutes of fame um, telling them the history and the hauntings and stuff. And then we were done. But um, it was it was interesting. I wish I could have been there when they investigated because I feel like um, I could have brought more to the table. Like, I feel like I could have helped them with more cause they were really frightful when they were there. Um, uh, a lot of screaming and, you know, um, yeah, you know, not helpful, <laughs> you know, for investigations running mm-hmm. and screaming. I just don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You just want to try to stay focused and calm and collected. Like when I, what I usually, like, I also bring equipment with me. Um, but I just like going in and just like feeling around me and just seeing what I could pick up, like kind of using like my myself to do so. Because um, mm-hmm. I just, you know, that's that's how I, I usually like doing investigations. And then once I'm there for a while, then I start bringing out my equipment if if I would like to. But I just like going in and just, you know, feeling the energy and everything. Yep. Yeah. I always say it's almost like befriending feral cats. Like when you go into a location, like, uh, you know, going in and letting them know that you're not there to harm them. You're there to communicate your friend. Um, you just want to learn more and, and letting them come in at their own pace instead of trying to force the issue. And um, I, I get, you know, my SoundCloud, uh, if anybody cares, I do have a website. It's JoniMahan.com. And um, on there, there's a link to my SoundCloud, which is also Joni Mayhan. And I have like over 600 EVPs. I I can be in a room with people with, with recorders and they will talk to me <laughs> and nobody else. Um, and and I, I suspect, AJ, you're probably similar. Um, I've had it happen. Yeah, it's weird, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. You get a lot of EVPs. They trust you and they yeah. know that they can talk to you. And mm-hmm. um you know, it's just, uh, it's just gone back since the first time I investigated. Um, you know, I was getting tons of EVPs and nobody else was. And they're like, what the heck? You know, it's like, well, you know, I go in and my energy's good and they trust that. I feel like they read our energy when we walk in and they know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I should talk to this person mm-hmm. and just, you know, 
be polite, be helpful, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's how I feel. hundred percent. Definitely. So out of where would you like to go? Like if you had like a bucket list to a place that you absolutely want to go, where would it be? Oh my gosh. I would love to go out West more. Um, you know, I'd love to, um, gosh, you know, nobody's asked me this question in a while. So I, you know, I'd like to see the queen Mary. I would like to go to mm. Alcatraz. I, you know, um, I'd like to see some of the ghost towns out in, you know, New Mexico and Arizona. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I took one off of my bucket list. I always wanted to see the Myrtles plantation in Louisiana. And mm. I just took a trip down there um, in November. And because uh, I wanted to research for my one of the books I'm writing is, uh, which I'll get into in a second. But um, I uh, wanted to see the Myrtles plantation. And I was so disappointed. It's very commercial. You know, mm -hmm. ghost ghost uh, walks or, you know, historical tours on the hour and I don't know, gift shop and um, wasn't what I thought it was going to be at all. Uh, I definitely yeah. picked up stuff, but it was big business, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, I hate when that happens. When we were at Montana state prison, we were told that we cannot cross any spirits over. Cause that's one thing <laughs> that I do. And obviously no Ouija boards. We we're not allowed to have any sage and all this stuff. And I told the lady, I said, I hate to break it to you, but uh, if the spirit comes to me and they need help, I'm going to cross them over and it ended up happening. And I ended up crossing a spirit over and they got very, very, very angry. And I said to the lady, listen, if it was your grandmother or your mother or your son that was trapped in a location, would you allow that to continue? And she didn't know what to say. And I said, listen, just because a spirit has crossed over doesn't mean that they're not going to come back to the location. They still have spent so much of their life there. They're going to visit, but you're giving them the opportunity and the choice to mm -hmm. come and go. You're not forcing them to be stuck in one area. I you know what I, I call that? That's so wrong. What was that? I call that ghost slavery. That's what I call it. Too, mm, yeah. Yeah. And I have been at locations I very similarly um, that would not allow crossing over. And I, as a matter of fact, I can cross them over as well. If they want to cross over, I can help them. I can't make them go, but I can help yes. them. And and I've crossed a lot of them over, over the years. And, and I'm the same way. If I'm at a location and they come to me and they want to be crossed over, they're going. Yeah. I don't care what the rules are. Like, you know, they you, you don't own this person. You know, that's ghost exactly. slavery. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to go. I'm going to let them go. Um, exactly. So totally 100% agree with you. So I want to get into something real quick. Um, I write a fiction series about uh, paranormal investigations. And I, for the life of me, cannot get my fans of True Paranormal to follow me over into this. So um, I use a lot of what I've learned as a paranormal investigator, and I put it into fiction. And that way I can kind of determine what's going to happen. I'm not really confined by somebody else's stories. Um, but mm -hmm. it follows a woman named Shelby. And um, she's a paranormal research research scout for a paranormal TV show. So she goes ahead of the team and scouts out the locations. And then things happen. She's also sensitive, um, like me. And um, she goes in and has these issues. And her my next book is going to happen in Louisiana. 
I've never been to Louisiana. So I decided to take a trip down there. I was only there for three days, but I wanted to see the swamps because mm -hmm. this book is going to go into cryptids. I've never I'm really wow. excited to do this because um, I had a Bigfoot experience when I was a kid. No way. Yeah, I did. And, um, you know, I didn't talk about it for a long time because I figured, you know, I'm already talking about ghosts and demons and <laughs> spirit yeah, guys. Right. I start talking about crazy. Bigfoot. They're going to really think I'm crazy, right? Right. So, yeah, I'll tell you a story. When I was eight years old, um, I was, my dad owns 40 acres uh, out in the middle of nowhere and his house is in the middle of it. And there's a lot of woods around it. And as a kid, I used to, he still lives there. Um, as a kid, I used to go out into the woods and I had this one tree that I loved as a hollowed out tree. And that was like my clubhouse. And I was out there and all of a sudden I heard something moving through the dry leaves and it was February. Um, it was a, an especially, it was Groundhog Day and it was a really warm day and I was out there playing and I could hear something shuffling through the leaves. And I was on a small hill and there was a stream at the bottom and then another small hill. And I look over and there's something shuffling sideways, almost like an ape. And it was very tall, like six, seven feet tall and very skinny. And its hair was the color of like a Irish setter, uh, like that kind of reddish, but it was long mm -hmm. and shaggy. And all of a sudden it stopped and it looked at me and it made eye contact with me. And, and I was like, I pretty much probably peed my pants and I took off running. I was so scared. Um, wow. Years later, I um, contacted Troy Taylor, who does, has written a lot of paranormal books. And he's he was centered out of Illinois. And uh, I actually got to meet him last year at his um, um, paranormal convention. I forget what it's called. But um he um but he he i i emailed him before i you know really was comfortable talking about all this and i just told him my experience and he said yeah during the that time period there were probably 1400 uh reports of bigfoot in southern indiana and southern illinois so he said i believe you and it was like immense you know that's one creature that it's so elusive but yet there's mm -hmm. so many accounts it's like so how do you how do you say that it's not real? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. I, I personally believe that, yes, there is a primate with high, you know, high IQ level that is hiding and, and that is, you know, somewhere that we just for some reason can't seem to find because there's too many encounters that happen every year that to say that it's not real, you know, that there's not some kind of primate, you know, homo erectus that's out there that's, you know, right. As we Right. But why haven't we found a body? Like, I keep going back to that. I keep. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they're as intelligent as we are, it, which it seems, wouldn't they bury their, their bodies? Think about it. Hmm. Yeah. But why, you know, you'd think like they, if they've been around since we've been around, somebody somewhere would have found a skull. True. You know, now True. here's my theory. Um, I think they're interdimensional. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I think they can pop through from another dimension. Maybe they come here for something specific. Maybe this is where they feed, or I—I I don't know. Um, they're, they're highly connected to the UFO phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you watch Skinwalker Ranch? Oh, the show. Love it. Love oh, it. I know. Well, I've been involved in that since way before the show. Um, oh yeah. Me I, too. Used to, I used to write for. Um, 
an online um parent was it called paranormal diaries i can't even remember the name of it but i used to write for a website that and they instructed me to write a story on uh, skinwalker ranch so i read like at the time every book that was out on it and i even interviewed uh, ryan skinner who's been on uh on their show i got some quotes from him and um I, you know, so invested in that, like, you know, why there, why that one spot, what's so special about, you know, the four mm -hmm. corners, you know? Yeah. So, but they see a lot of UFO activity out where I am too, you know, in Southern Indiana, Illinois, there's yeah. been a lot of reports. So, and Bigfoot. So I don't know. It's hard to explain. It all goes hand in hand. I feel like the whole paranormal arena you know, is intoxicating. There's so many avenues to pursue. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. But yeah, that's a good, yeah, I never thought of that. That's that's really interesting, huh? Well, ladies, yeah, I definitely. just want to say real quick, I actually I actually have an appointment I, I have to run, but Joni, I want right. to say thank you so much for coming on. Um, I've learned so much today from you and I would love to speak with you further. So I'll definitely reach out. Okay. Um, but, um, I love your work. Please keep up exactly what you're doing. You're doing an amazing thing for this field and just thank you so much for what you do. Well, thank you. I've learned a lot from you as well. So I look forward to talking to you further. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. And Suzette, thank you so much again for thank having you. me. And I will definitely see you ladies soon. Okay. All right. All right. Take care. Take guys. care. Right. Yeah, AJ's really interesting. Um, he's he's an amazing person, and he's 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 a pro at the ghost, uh, the spirit box too. He's really yeah. good at it. Yeah, you you just get really invested in it. Uh, I don't want to say addicted, but you the more you learn, the more you want to learn, and mm -hmm. you find yourself you know trying to experience different things. Um, you know, my town of New Harmony, Indiana, um, it's very historic. It was founded in 1816, long before, mm -hmm. you know, two years before Indiana become a state. I mean, this was the Wild West back in that day. And um, so a lot of, there's a lot of old buildings here and so much energy like absorbed into this land. And we have some of the craziest things happen here. Uh, it just goes on and on. And you talk to people and they have stories that happen to them and um you know trying to get to the bottom of that you know it just gets really fascinating so mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing absolutely amazing um yeah but you know i it was great having you on the show definitely well it was great to be asked to be on the show so anytime you want a guest you can you know you can ask me we can talk about yeah. anything Definitely. And none of my cats so it, made an appearance, so I'm I sorry. Know, I know. That's amazing. But if well, you wouldn't mind, um, I'm going to put you backstage, um, and then we could chat a little bit after um, okay. I end the show, okay? Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. My God, what an amazing person. Um, and that's going to wrap up this podcast, but please, please, please feel free um to you know all of joni's description all her social media links etc is on description to this podcast so please 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 check her out um 
And also, you know, if you guys, anyone wants to reach out to AJ or myself, our information's also on there. Um, so the next show would be hopefully in two weeks and I will see everybody then. Take care.